Well, boys and girls, welcome once again to the Irish in Sweden podcast. My name is Philip O'Connor. Great to be back with you again ahead of probably the biggest weeks for every Irish community anywhere in the world as we head up to St. Patrick's Day and tis all going on. Uh, I want to be able to tell people about what they're doing, right? So there's going to be a parade in Stockholm on the 18th. We all know that. I'm going to be there in St. Patrick. Apparently, I'm going to get beaten or threatened into doing it again. That's grand. So I know where I'm going to be. But I want to know where you're going to be. And I want to share that with everybody else. Because we've seen situations in the past. I always go back to a story about the bell, Keith Hearn from County Waterford. And when we met to start up the Stockholm Gales, and we had a sort of an information meeting and that kind of crack... Um, we're just having a drink afterwards and talking to Keith Hearn from County Waterford. Lovely fella, shaving head for God knows how long, could run a marathon as quick as look at you. Um, and it turned out that, you know, we're sitting there and we're chatting away and we're chatting away and we're just about to go home. And I said, you know, where do you live? And he says, in Shista. And I lived in Shista at the time. And it turns out that we lived only around the corner from it. And we got to know each other. And a few years later, I bought the house of his landlord. So I'm living at the house where the lovely Keith and the lovely Marlon used to live. Now, the moral of that story, lads, is that you never know who's living just around the corner. There could be somebody around the corner from Dave Hanley there in Carlstad that he doesn't even know about. Some poor sham who just turned up because he met some uh, au pair over in Sweden or he met some girl in Mallorca or somewhere like that. And now he's living there. He doesn't know what's going on. But he may have found this on the SEO Optimum podcast that is Irish in Sweden and now he's looking for a few things to do so please do get in touch if it's just a bunch of us gathering in a specific pub in Yavla or in Vesteros or wherever it is get in touch and I'll list all those things ahead of the St. Patrick's Day celebrations this is a podcast all about celebrations and indeed all about Irish pubs because recently I nipped down to my good friends at Fagan's down below in Malmö they're going to be celebrating their 25th anniversary very soon indeed so I nipped down and I had a chat with Michael the owner and with Connor and with Peter Miller otherwise known as Miller and with Michael and a little maybe a half a sentence from Will the bar manager who has a I don't know it's like a petrified of microphones wouldn't talk to me on the microphone at all but he did answer some question in there so uh, I went down there and we had a good chat because they're celebrating their 25th anniversary and it's kind of fascinating to hear the story behind the pub and how it changed owners and what it is that makes it such a great spot for the Irish community down there so uh in a short little while, you'll hear that coming up. Um, a little couple of wee details, if you're not involved and if you're not aware. There is Gaelic football here in Scandinavia, has been for many years. Uh, so that's going to be starting up again soon. I know that uh, in the Stockholm Gales have a new committee elected and that kind of thing, and they're going to decide which officers are doing which roles soon. So start to reach out there. You'll find clubs in Yavle, you'll find them in Lulio, in Gothenburg, in Malmö, and in Stockholm. And if you want to start a club, if you have a bunch of lads or a bunch of girls down on a building site in Vesteros, or if you have a whole bunch of students down in Lynn Shopping and you think you could start a club down there, get in touch with me or get in touch with the other clubs and we'll help you get going because it's all about trying to get the, grow the games, get as many people involved in pos- as possible get as many non-Irish people involved as possible and my suggestion for the last while since talking to Chris O'Reilly a little while ago was to try to get handball players involved so if you're playing or involved in handball or if you have a local club reach out to them see if you can get them to come down and join you for a bit of an L training session the Stockholm Gales soccer team is also starting up again and uh, there's going to be a meeting now this podcast will be up by the time the meeting has taken place so if you know of a goalkeeper in Stockholm and I'd be particularly interested in hearing from two groups of people right one is sort of the the second generation Irish so I'm thinking of uh, Mick O'Connell's son Daniel for instance big fan of Hammerby Football Club, great footballer altogether. He used to play with me back when he was a teenager, and kind of got tired of playing in the in the old fashioned sort of you know, um, like all these sort of you know academy log and this kind of thing. Got sick of that. And then he used to come and play with myself and Peter Conroy and Corpin and that kind of thing. So it's Division Seven, so the level it's the lowest level of organised football is what we'll say. And then the next step down is Corpin, which is kind of a, a fun league, you know, where you play for three points, but it's not that serious kind of thing, you know. So if anybody wants to get involved in any of those things, or indeed if you're interested. In starting a team for your local Irish community yourself get in touch again lads we've been around the houses above here in Stockholm and in Malmo as you're about to hear and in Gothenburg so there are people around in your community who either they either these clubs either exist already or they can help you to set them up in the near future uh, that's about it on that front but with the spring coming along and that kind of thing it's always good um 
Another thing to keep an eye out for on the sport in front of course is Thomas Maloney Westgaard is going to be competing in the cross-country skiing championships. You would have heard him before the Olympics last year, so let's keep an eye out for his results. Now, remember, this is a community-based podcast. It exists because you exist. It is proudly sponsored by Martin Hessian at Veerstrums, and it gives me great delight to see that so many people are going to watch the rugby matches and the soccer matches and everything else that's going on in there now. Yeah, we have the League of Ireland now on Friday nights. I'm sure if you asked Martin the staff there they would stick the league of Ireland on Bohemians got off to a great start to the league there last week with a win away to Cork City a load of Cork people won't be happy about that but I certainly was uh, it's also supported by the wonderful James Linus who is bringing the Jealous Devil Charcoal into Sweden and it's going to be available from Ekek Fontum uh, from about April as far as I know I'll have to check with James now but that's going to be on sale there he's been selling it to restaurants and has become a huge importer of charcoal and we will we'll get him on the podcast eventually lads mad nose he has a big thanks to James for his sponsorship and indeed the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden uh, hopefully we're going to have some sort of a live event with them or a live podcast with them or at least a podcast with them around about St. Patrick's Day I'm going to try to attend their lunch and uh, and do a little podcast from there as well so they are the very generous sponsor to this podcast you as a private individual can, can get involved patreon.com forward slash arrowman in Stockholm five or a month it'd be fantastic there's a good what between this and the global gale there's at least eight podcasts every month and there's going to be more in the future so ramping this up now I've decided that you know podcasting is uh, one of the most enjoyable ways to, for me to make a living is one thing but it's also a great way to keep our community together as I noticed last week lads when there was a problem with the sound file and as you know this podcast drops at seven o'clock on a Monday morning and I had messages at about 10 past 7 going, something wrong with that, there's no music at the start, can't do the interviews, only you talking, nobody wants to hear that. And it's brilliant because when you get that feedback, at least you know people are li- uh, listening. So if you can support, patreon.com forward slash arrow man in Stockholm. Or you can swish a few bob to 123-2424-166. 123-2424-166. And that goes directly into the whole company setup. I have a company setup that I use for freelance journalism here. So the VAT is paid and all the relevant taxes and everything else get paid and that's what's all above board because you can't get in trouble with the tax man here lads so it's like bare to your hair and having no bank account over here you get yourself into trouble doing that anyhow let us head down south um i can't remember who who was the guy touching me somebody got in touch with me down below and said that uh, will at vegans would love to talk to you and i got I had a few text messages with will and i said uh, right i'll nip down i'll try out a few things down here a few new microphones and that kind of thing and uh, we'll have a chat and the next day he says oh yeah four people are going to sit around the table and talk to you so we met there before the quiz at vegans right now the great thing about vegans is it's not just a pub with points of lovely lovely points of stout and fish and chips and great food all around right it's also they have karaoke in there which i know some people are allergic to but brilliant entertainment they have a quiz which is hugely popular uh, there's loads of things going on there so it really has become sort of you know a surviving and thriving irish pub despite the pandemic despite all these other things so it was an absolute pleasure and a privilege to go down there and to hang out with the lads and we had a chat for a good 40 45 minutes ish about the whole thing about the history of fagans and why it is so important to the community down there so that's what you have now for the morning or for the afternoon or for the walk of the dog or the drive to work or you're sitting on the train so enjoy Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name And they're always glad you came You want to be where you can see Our troubles are all the same You want to be where everybody knows your name Let us start the introductions. We go around the table. Just say who you are and where you're from and what you're doing here. Peter Miller, Cork. I'm here because I'm Mr. Fagan, I suppose. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mr. Fagan. <laughs> uh, and then on the other side... I'm... Yeah, uh, Connor Moynan, also from Cork. Um, yeah, I've been here for 15 years. So, seen my fair share of Fagans. <laughs> uh, I'm Michael Muscali, I'm from Down. Um, I came to Fagans today because Will offered me free pints, but I'm in Sweden because I actually got a job. Which is a rarity, I think, because most people are love refugees. <laughs> and the other thing is, it's, like, it's five o'clock in the evening, and the lads are sitting around the table here. And we're sitting here when I came in. I was going, does anybody work at this table? <laughs> you were saying you're Mr. Fagans. How, do, how does. Are you the one who's responsible for having us all sitting here right now? Yeah? No. God, no. I think I, I was just here so long, I was part of the furniture. <laughs> you fit in very nicely with the red beard yeah. and because of the brickwork behind. For a long time, people thought I owned the place. Because. Nobody came in here without seeing me. 
big okay. grumpy well, head in you. The first time you came in here. Yes, yes. I uh, I moved over here in 2012, uh, September, but I came a couple of months earlier for an interview to come in in here with the owner at the time, Marina, and uh, we had a little chat, and then on my yeah, I arrived in the country, and a day later I started, and uh, had my first shift behind the bar. They thought. Uh, this is a grumpy fucker. We keep him. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I worked with, with uh, Bonnie at the time, and, and uh, she's um, Irish Swedish, and she thought I was way too grumpy to work here. But the owner saw a bit of charm in it, and uh, I worked for six years after that. And they kept on. What was, um, Connor, what was your first time here? Was this the first port of call when you got to Zwickau? Uh, no, I actually, when I moved over first, it was to Karlskrona, which is about three, three and a half hours away by the train ride. But I couldn't, um, I was trying to stream GAM matches up there and I couldn't get them. So I used to have to take the train down for, for three and a half hours to watch Cork usually lose the semi-final and then get the train back up. And um, I was a student in Karlskrona and I was there for a year, and I decided I liked Sweden, so I was going to stay. And actually, I came down here, handed in my CV, and came for an interview. And I came in for an interview, and she asked me, uh, Marina, the owner, she was like, so you're Irish? And I was like, yeah. She goes, so you've worked in pubs before? And I was like, yeah, well, I've collected glasses. And she was like, pour a pint of Guinness. And yeah, I never heard back from her again. <laughs> That was it. I don't. That may not be your thing. Yeah, no, that that was it. Didn't even get a no. She was just like, yeah, we will. We see. Took no prisoners. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that must I, be terrible. I, you had to hand over your passport then. <laughs> I think half the the GA team here has been on an interview here, and it's just been like pour the pint, and that's it. No, this, straight away. Never here for it. Yeah. We have been joined by four gentlemen now. I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves, sir. A gentleman. I've been kind of young, yeah. Uh, no, I've been running restaurants for many years in this city, uh, 35 years. And I bought Vegans for like seven, eight years ago. Uh, just because I, I like the beer, I like the environment, I like the Irish people. So I ended up here. I'm assuming when you say you like the Irish people, you don't mean any of these people. <laughs> well, he, this guy here, I actually have hired. <laughs> and this guy over there, he, uh, we actually play doors together. So uh, I know these guys. Could you just uh, start by telling the people your name? I don't think we introduced you by name there, where you're from. Uh, my name is Michael Holkvist. I'm a Swedish guy. I'm born in Sweden. I'm raised in Sweden. And I have actually nothing to do with Ireland. But I ended up here anyways. I, th I think that's underselling it a little bit. If you own an Irish bar in a place like Mambo, you have an awful lot to do with keeping the <laughs> Irish community happy. When you bought the pub, Michael, which is now about to be celebrating its anniversary, um, why, why on earth would you do something like that? When your clients are people like these lads and all complain about the point of Guinness that they themselves cannot pull by their own admission, what was it that made you want to buy Fagans? Well, I've been running restaurants, as I say, in many, many years. And uh, this went for sale. And uh, I just want to have a different place to, uh, together with my other places. I have nightclubs, I have sushi restaurants, I have uh, tapas restaurants, so I think an Irish pub would uh, fit in my portfolio. Um, what's the biggest difference between running an Irish pub and running a sushi restaurant or a pizza restaurant or anything else? Uh, to talk to these guys when they have like yeah, five, eight beers uh, <laughs> in the body and I cannot understand them. <laughs> <laughs> You're not alone there. I believe some of them are from Cork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, did you wind up working here as well? Did you? Yeah. No, I. Um, the first time I ever came to Malmo yeah, was. Whenever a sentence starts like that, this is going to be a complicated. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> the first time I came here was for a job interview, but in Lund University, not in Fagans. Um, so, typical Ryanair landed at like half nine at night, and I went through a walk through the town. Went, oh, there's a wee pub down there. So, um, do you remember the Beast from the East? I do. Yeah. Me and my dad packed the car, drove through the beast from the east, packed everything up, moved here. The following week, it was the March, went, oh, it's going to be St. Paddy's Day next week. I remember that Irish pub. I'll go check it out. I had about 
15 clients and went, yeah, I'm coming here next week. <laughs> I was, have no choice. I have to go pay the bill. <laughs> that was five years ago, so <laughs> that's pretty much how it happened. It's always been one of those kinds of places. And Michael, you've worked in the restaurant business here in Malmö for a long time. What do other people think in Malmö? What do Swedish people think when they think of Fagans Pub? Well, actually, we have a lot of uh, Swedish people here, uh, especially later at the night. Uh, so... Uh, no, I think they welcome them. They, uh, the Irish people is happy people. They uh, like to party, they like to talk, they like to drink beer. So I think it pretty, uh, fits pretty good together with the Swedish people, actually. Um, when you were working here, you mentioned your lack of patience and that kind of thing, right? I, I honestly could never work in a pub in Sweden anymore. I could never do it again just because of that lack of patience. I don't drink anymore, right? You know, so what was the worst customer you've come across? Oh, God. Were they Irish or Swedish? We have to start there. Could have been an even staff, Irish staff. <laughs> Pete the fist fell down the stairs and broke his tailbone. That's a good Still wanted points. Is it hard to get rid of the end of the night? Because, you know, if you're at home in a pub in Cork, right, and the bar closes, that doesn't mean anything. They go, oh, you know, last call or whatever. But that's, that's just the opening of a negotiation in Cork, right? There's a difference between kicking Swedish people out and Irish people out. Is that a difficult thing even in Sweden? Uh, in Sweden, Swedish are great. So yeah, off with them. Irish people are happy to stick around. Even if nobody else is happy for them to stick around. <laughs> it's the hope. I got one more. That's why we're still in Sweden, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's kicked you out. Yeah, exactly. Um, Connor, were you, were you disappointed when you didn't get a job here? Was that sort of an affront to your Irish <laughs> No, not, well, I was a bit, I, well, maybe I was a bit like optimistic. I just thought, oh, They'll see an Irish side. They'll be happy to hire someone from Ireland. Yeah. But yeah, it was, um, it, was, uh, it was okay. I was pretty desperate at the time because I just left university and I wanted to stay in the country. Yeah. And, I, and I hadn't found another job. So I applied for like every pub in, uh, in Copenhagen, Malmo, Helsingborg. And I got rejected by them all. So <laughs> <laughs> How bad were your points? <laughs> really very bad. Don't ask him about the women. Because you, you guys have taken a sort of a different route here, right? You came over here for a job. You were studying yeah. uh, and you decided to stay here. Yeah. Most people, did you meet a woman or did you? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so most of us would have met some girl, you know, if I'm lucky enough with the one that I have is still hanging on to me now, you know. And um, what was it about Sweden that made you stay, Connor? You get to the end of your time there and you go, fine, I may as well hang around. Well, I don't know. Um, it was like... I came from, like, I was living at home when I was going to university in Cork. Uh, so when I came over here, it was the first time I lived outside of home. Yeah. So I was like, Jesus, this is great. I can do what I want. I'm in, <laughs> I'm in another country. Nobody knows me. But, like, so I can kind of, like, reinvent myself a bit. And, yeah, it did help that a Swedish woman found the Irish accent a bit charming and thought I was a bit exotic. And I was like, yeah, I can stick around for a little while. And then, yeah, I eventually found work here and... Uh, got to know the country. I agree a lot with the, the politics that were here at the time, and like uh, I believe, like in like the the social welfare system they have, and it's a great place to live. And yeah, yeah you pay high taxes, but you get a lot back for it. Yeah. And yeah, I just ended up staying another year, and then another year, and then another year, and then I met my 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 partner, and then I met a different partner, like and just ended up. Uh, and they have a selection of partners. <laughs> I mean, like I, I'm pretty sure that I'll be in Sweden in 20, 25 years' time. Like, uh, there's a point that comes, isn't there, lads? Where yeah. you just go, okay, I don't. I, just I accept it. That's yeah. it. You, know? yeah. you don't realize it's never a conscious decision. Yeah. You just go, yeah. I know, as Van Morrison once wrote, it's too late to stop. Yeah, okay, exactly. Right, you know? When did that point come for you, Peter? You've only been here for is it five years? Is that? Uh, five years, yeah. Um, like, or, or are, you, are you still sort of there going, oh, you know, I might just go back to County Gallagher? No, well, I've just, I've just got a new job in Copenhagen, so I'm very much planning to stay and I'll live in Sweden and travel across. Yeah. But I was very fortunate, actually, because I just finished my PhD back home. And I did an interview for a job with my PhD supervisor. And it was well known in this group, if the boss was in the interview, he had chosen who was getting the job. So I walk in, Peter, the boss, is there, and I went, I'm not getting this job because I'm not... I, you might find the strangers coming from a minority, but I'm not very good at politics. You know, I don't really kiss ass. I just, just treat, go straight to the Bible. I, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is it. But I just try and let my work speak for itself. <clears throat> so I did this interview, 
I was just like, I have nailed that. You know, like Veronica Corningstone when she reads the news in Anchorman. So I have nailed that. And I went, I don't care if I don't get the job. If they don't give me the job, I'm going. So it was very easy for me to leave. And then, because I'd come here for work, I started to do science at a level that I wanted to do it at and went, oh, this is quite fun. This is good. What kind of science is it? I do diabetes research at the minute. Okay. But I'll be doing... I, I, I focus on the intestine, so my, my new job will be this gone-on-a-chip technology that mimics an intestine. So you get to do these really cutting-edge, cool things, and that really drives me... That, that's what I came here for, and then to do work at that level. And they're very collaborative. Back home, everybody keeps their work to themselves. Here, it's like, oh, um, in November there, we went to, me and Andreas, who I work with, we went to Italy to work with researchers in Italy. Yeah. You wouldn't get that back. Well, I can't speak for all universities, but the universities I worked in, you wouldn't get that back home. Yeah, so yeah. just that openness, the, the drive to do really good science. And I just thought, why would you want to leave this? I, I, can't, I can't see going home being better. So why not try and stay here and keep doing it at that level? Not really. I, I studied marketing and management. Uh, well, I ended up as a machine operator in a factory, yep. but uh, now I'm working in customer logistics. Um, yeah, it's, it's grand. Um, it pays the bills. Um, You're in the four by five o'clock. Exactly. So you have a great work-life balance here. And um, like I work for a company as well that's allowed me to change roles a few times and they, they look after you. So I like that you get more holidays and so I can't complain. Yeah, in the pub, five o'clock. Exactly. Michael, is it hard to make money in an Irish pub in Sweden? What do you make money out of? Because you always hear, is it the food that makes the money? Because these guys drink an awful lot of beer, so you must be able to make money out of that as well, yeah? We make money every day on this. <laughs> no, of course, it's a beer. It's, it's, uh, yeah, but I think it's uh, common in the whole world. You you don't have any lack in the beers. Uh, the kitchen is more difficult. But we get uh, actually a lot of people eating here. So the beer together with the food, uh, it's, uh, it's getting more beers, of course. Is it one of those sort of... Is there a lot of risk involved? I was only just listening to, you know, Anthony Bourdain, who wrote yeah. Kitchen Confidential. I was listening to that audio book, and he was talking about how in New York, like, you know, 40, 50% of restaurants just fail. Is there a way of doing it to avoid that fail, or is it always a risk when you open a bar, particularly an Irish bar, that you may go bust? Well, there is always a risk to fail. I, I failed in one of my restaurants in these years. Uh, they, we went bankruptcy during COVID. So, uh, yeah, I guess you can fail in an Irish pub too. But if you work and you, you work a lot in the, in the pub, you have uh, good people working with you, you have good staff, and you try to, uh, to keep the Irish atmosphere. Uh, I think at least you're a good way in the, to, accept, uh, to, to uh, succeed. If somebody is coming in here looking for a job, does it help if they have an Irish passport, <laughs> even though they can't pull a point? Can I, <laughs> can I say so? We should treat yeah. everybody equal. <laughs> 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 Uh, no, no, we try to keep it so, yeah. So, uh, an uh, Irish-born person, or uh, at least uh, English. Uh, and, speaking? Uh, speaking, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not English. <laughs> uh, no, but, I mean, it's it's a risk. You you, you have 100% of people from uh, English-talking countries, and then you start to have a Swedish kitchen guy, a Swedish bartender, a Swedish cleaner, then in the end it's going to become a Swedish restaurant. So I don't want that. It needs to keep an Irish Irish uh, tradition. There was a pub in the centre of Stockholm at one point called Galway's, and I don't think an Irish person worked in it since the time of Brian Baru. Yeah. And there was one guy who was, had been together with uh, an Irish girl there, but he was from Albania, and he had the best Dublin accent you've ever heard. He was like something out of a Ronnie Doyle book. And yeah. um, one of the places that are one of the things that you know, Fagans. There's a couple of pubs in Scandinavia that are famous for music, and this is one of those places that has always been on the circuit. When you're working behind the bar, how annoying is it to listen to every troubadour in the country showing up once every three weeks to play here? Well, I'm sure it'd be more annoying if they played all the same songs all the time. But <laughs> we had great crack. I had great crack. You don't mean this the dilly dilly, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I mean the lad coming in playing Creedence Clearwater on the by Country Roads twenty six times. Uh, you know, you know, you build relationships with these guys. You know, like like Philip O'Connor or Lockie or you know, 
uh, and they all have their own way of doing things. So you don't get annoyed unless it's the same guy over and over. There was one person with one song that really annoyed me every time. Are we allowed to name names? No. No. <laughs> I, bet he, I bet he still plays here, yeah. yeah. But it's only one song now. It's one song. What, what particular song? Can we say the song or we're not identified the person in there? Is it the Sting song? No, no. Okay, it's, it's, then it's, it's a different uh, one that annoys me. It's uh, Seven Drunken Nights. Yeah. Oh, we're not allowed to play that, are we? Billy. Ah, uh, Billy. <laughs> So, yes, he rocked it. He still rocked it. I know he rocked it. Everybody okay. loves it. Everybody loves it. But, but then why is that a bad song to be playing? Is it because everybody loves it you hate to see people enjoying themselves? <laughs> it could be that, actually. You know? It could be that, actually. I, I, I am a grumpy uh, beastard. Uh, so, uh, are, are that's you, fair enough. Are you out of the bar game now entirely? Have you yeah, found your yeah. What are you, are you when, when I had kids, life had to change. Yeah. You know, instead of going home at whatever, five o'clock in the morning, getting up at five o'clock in the morning. So, yeah, um, yeah I miss it. I miss it a lot. I, I love working here. And I always knew this would be the last pub I worked in. Um, what, what are you doing these days? Construction. How is that? No crack? <laughs> no seven drunken nights oh, on the building man. side? Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's grand, you know, I listen to podcasts and, and audible books, audio books all day long. So it's good in that way. I work by myself mostly, so... It's good in that way, but um, you miss the interaction with people. You miss, uh, yeah, you miss the the music, the atmosphere on on the weekends. You miss uh, taking even taking part in the quiz on on a Thursday night. You know, yeah. can we beat the customers? You know, these these little things. You know, even just coming in on on a Tuesday and having a chat with a local. You know, it's uh, it's the interaction that I miss. You yeah. know, it's the uh, yeah. How important was that, Connor? Because if I remember back to when I came to Sweden first, right, we were all reasonably young yeah. at the different times that we arrived, and you've no money, and yeah. Michael here would take <laughs> fucking 90 crowns for a pint or something. How much is a pint again? Like, 89. 89, <laughs> we still haven't brought I remember when it went from 49 to 50, and everybody's going, oh. <laughs> and it just kept going up after yeah. that. Was it difficult in the beginning? Uh, there was one time in, Jesus, it must have been 2000, when the Dubliner pub was celebrating a similar anniversary to what Fagan's going to do now. Mm. And they had a free bar for the yeah. day of the All-Ireland football final. And I swear to God, I, like I, that day I died. <laughs> I, went, I don't think I've had a drink since it was that bad. Was, was it difficult? To, were you in here sort of, you know, reasonably regularly? Or did you save it for special occasions when Cork were getting... No. <laughs> Well, that would be very rarely at the moment, but uh, no, I, I was in here pretty often. I used to come in every weekend. Um, it's like it's like Miller said, you come in, you, you knew the people in there, you knew friends in here. And I was always playing with the GA here, and uh, the Fagans have looked after the GA club for years. And they had like, um, yeah, players discount, uh, members discount. So you'd, you'd pay, yeah, you'd pay a reasonable price, uh, the discounted price. And, yeah, same as going anywhere else, uh, but there's always a good atmosphere in here. You know what you're getting. Um, and like the thing is, you can come down any day of the week, and I guarantee you I'd know like three, four people that could have a chat. To, and I might know them from here. I might know them from other places around town, but it's nice. Like it's, um, so, yeah, and I'd come in on the weekends, and, yeah, I was, I was a single lad at the time, and, yeah, put on the Irish accent a bit more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, top of the morning to you, like it's good times. Like, um, yeah, it's a good place to come to. Like, you know, if you're just sitting at home doing nothing and you're feeling a little bit exactly. And I'd say, like, I, I had hard times over here, like everything else. And like, it's it's no fun staying in the, in the a Saturday night by yourself. It's also not fun going out and get hammered. But you could come down here, you could have two or three pints, and you could have a good conversation. You could yeah. meet people. And you could do that on a Tuesday night. You could come watch the football. You could come watch, they'd put on the hurling, the rugby. Come have a game of darts. So that's what you want. It was like, for, for me, I treated it more like, like a community centre rather than a, than a pub. Like, yeah, yeah. like I, I'm drinking Coke at the moment. There, there's, there's many nights I came in here, didn't touch a beer. And... Like, I like that it wasn't frowned upon. You went to other bars and you asked for a glass of water and they became looking at you a bit funny. Like, he was looking at me funny when I <laughs> there. I've been in here many nights and not, not drank a drop. And it's, yeah, I like that. I, I like that it's, it's yeah, it's a, 
rather it, it's a meeting place rather than a, than a than just it's uh, not solely somewhere to go and get hammered. Exactly, maybe. exactly. So uh, when you moved over here, um, you came into a sort of a fairly mature GEA scene. We've been playing for you know yeah. you've been playing down here for yeah. playing longer than what we were in Scott in Stockholm. But you came over and let me see, was it 2016, 2018, 2018 there. So uh, what was that like coming into a sort of a, a sort of ready-made Irish community that was you know working those Yeah, times? it was great, it was fantastic. So excuse me. <clears throat> and it was a big thing that made it very easy to not get homesick. Yeah. You know, because you move to a new country, you know nobody, don't know the la- like it's weird to think back now because I wouldn't I've been trying to learn Swedish, you do SFE and you read books, whatever. You think back then, you didn't even understand what the signs were on the yeah. roads or shops, so it was great. Like even Connor here was a massive help because I arrived in March and then his work team needed people for a Corbin football team. So straight away I had a and, a and his work paid for it. Sort of free summer of soccer. Yeah. It was fantastic. Which um, and then the Six Nations was obviously on St Patrick's Day, so I got to come in, meet people, make friends very quickly, and also. I mean, where I'm from, there wasn't too many GA clubs. Yeah. I mean, the what's it, East Belfast GA now? They're sort of making the news and stuff. That would have been the club that I would have joined. Yeah. But they weren't there. I remember my mum as a you know, eleven year old ringing up um, GA clubs in the area, going, you know, do you have a juniors? No, we don't. We don't have. A, we, don't, we only have a under twenty ones. No minors. Yeah. Right. Okay. You know, and the, the nearest club was Newcastle or somewhere, forty five minutes down the road. It was like, yeah. So to be able, even to be able to play GA for the first time since school, I was just happy to do that and be part of a club and yeah, watching the Six Nations together, playing football together, barbecues, just straight away, you know, don't be an don't be a, an idiot with these people and you'll make friends for, for yeah. life. I think. And actually, the best the best quote I heard I heard about the GA was from um, our old coach Mark McGordy. I'm sure you you remember him. Yeah. He said, he's massive in the SGA, and he said it took for him to move to Sweden for the GA club to actually do what the GA says it's doing back home. It'll be about community, be about bringing people together and stuff. It's like, isn't, isn't that a bit mad? But that's the way it is here. It's well, fantastic. It's because here we don't actually have anything else. You don't no, have, exactly. you, know, yeah. you have the sport, you have the club. Yeah. I mean, that's how we know yeah. each other and yeah. that kind of thing. And we, the first time that we would have been down here was when there was a Gaelic football tournament around the place. Did you notice a different vibe when there was a tournament down at Limham's felt that and then all these sunborn paddies <laughs> come into you for fish and chips or for a curry and then yeah. get hammered? Picking them up off the floor, you mean? Um, I, you know, every time there was there was there was a um, a tournament down here, the, the the atmosphere for for the whole weekend was was amazing. You know, um, it's hard to it's hard to say what made it different, but but it was it was like uh, I assume people meeting for tournament after tournament and, and, and it was like it was like a big meet up from people you haven't seen in what felt like years but I suppose it was only a, a few months or whatever <laughs> like. but um, or even, even you know the Copenhagen guys coming over here it's, it's like they've never haven't seen you in forever you know yeah. so the atmosphere always picked up for, for tournaments yeah I remember Ronnie Whelan being on the street outside here yeah yeah yeah, I had a picture with him. It was on my Tinder profile for ages. <laughs> <laughs> the ladies love him. <laughs> He's looking for a Liverpool fan. Uh, Michael, when you have an Irish pub like this, how important is it to have things like sport on the big screen to support the Gaelic football club, maybe the local soccer team? Does that bring you in a lot of business or do you just do it to keep these guys quiet? Well, of course it brings in business, but I think as you guys were talking about this... Uh, this community in the uh, whatever sports. I think this uh, country uh, is actually pretty good in worldwide in many different sports. So we have had these communities in uh, in different sports from, from they are six, eight years old and building up this community. So it's uh, it's kind of natural for me, for us here to, to have a screen, to follow uh, whatever, World Championship, uh, Olympic Games, uh, football, whatever. So, yeah, for the Irish people, of course, the Irish football 
but for a formatma of the city, uh, any kind of sports is important here. Do you get a lot of uh, Malmo FF uh, soccer fans in here on match days, or because there's some pubs in Stockholm where you're not allowed to go in if you're wearing a scarf from Oiko or something like that? Do you do you want those people in here? Or do you try to keep them away? Uh, they have their pub, and I uh, <laughs> I'm happy that they, they are there. <laughs> they're a little bit messy. Yeah, they're a little bit messy. Yeah. So uh, we try to avoid them actually. Yeah. It is one of those things. I think we tend to be very well behaved as well when we didn't yeah. sport. Yeah. Connor looked like he was about to disagree. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't see the darts day here a couple of Sundays ago. That, that, that trophy there is from the darts day. Oh my day. god, that is I the biggest trophy like, uh, ever seen. It's three feet high or so. It's not compensating yeah. for anything. Right? It, was filled, it was filled with cava, it was poured over well, several so who, people's who heads. The darts? Were you involved in the darts as well, Michael? Yeah. Uh, this is the last uh, last day we were competing. I was in Norway. Uh, I've been joining these uh, other games. I think we played like uh, seven, eight times. Mm. I think it's like six-two to us uh, against Brambor. That's also another thing. Is is uh, this uh, dart thing? It came up here, and then we uh, tried to involve other pubs, also to uh, create this extra community. It's not only figures. It's uh, other Irish people in other bars. Other bars also doing good. Uh, we want to be together. So the dart thing is the first thing. The, the second one that's uh, going to show up now in summer is actually uh, golf. Oh my God, golf has <laughs> ruined us in Stockholm. We lost. I was out there. Do you remember Daniel Hickey from Tipperary? Yeah, yeah. I did. So Dan is after opening a golf centre out near Arlandastad, out near the airport there. And then, like, I went out to the opening of it, and all the fellows that we haven't seen playing Gaelic football for about two years were out there swinging golf clubs. Yeah. Uh, how good a dart player are you, Michael? I think I'm actually pretty okay. He's one of those. He's one of those people. He's good at bloody everything. He's like five handicap at golf and, and all this. No, he's no wonder you want to start yeah. the golf. All right, you'd be beating the lard everybody. Uh, no, no, but I'm. I've been into sports uh, the whole the whole my life. So uh, darts uh, was. Uh, I think I found darts during the COVID actually because we were closing eight. We had nothing to do, so we play shuffleboard, uh, billiard, pool. Uh, dart, whatever. Yeah. So uh, and then this uh, this tournament came up. So yeah, I've been playing a couple hours per week actually. I can't wait. Now we're going to try to have her down to the Gaelic football championships here. But that's because now I'm saving myself for the dance. Can't be doing that, you know. And um, is it what's the competition like around here in terms of you know Irish pubs? Is there a load of Irish pubs in town? Because this is literally, I think, the only one I can ever this, remember. This is the only one. I mean, there's there's a place called Paddy's, but it's 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 never they've never even called themselves an Irish pub. They've just called themselves Paddy's, yeah, which is uh, unfortunate as well. But anyway, uh, no, there's the the only competition we would say would be Drumbar, a Scottish pub, but they're not really a competition. Yeah. I think uh, well, they're Scottish. we've always worked with them really. Yeah. Would, would, you be, would, you, would you be rivals now or would you be reasonably friendly with them? It's no, there's, there's nothing to compete against, you know. What, what did you say, Michael? 6-2, is it? In the <laughs> 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 no, but we have a lot of uh, English pubs here. Yeah. In, uh, in Malmo too so yeah. Uh, yeah they're like the Malmo FF fans we don't want them either in here <laughs> <laughs> no we keep uh, we, we keep going with Irish people that's better than these uh, MFF supporters and they miss it before the games I have to ask you Michael if you were starting a pub tomorrow would you start an, another Irish pub would you start a Scottish pub or an English pub knowing what you know after buying Fagans eight years ago well, after this year... He took an awful long time to start answering this question. <laughs> no, but I think that to to uh, to open an English pub, Scottish pub or Irish bar, you, you need to have uh, these people with you to, to create a community. And I don't know any English people. I don't know any Scottish people. I, I know so many Irish people now. So if I would open a second one, it would uh, be an Irish pub. Yeah. And there's no way he can convince you to come back and stand behind a bar. <laughs> Maybe when the kids are older. <laughs> I, I keep saying that to my wife as well, because a few people have asked me in Stockholm, you know, would you not, you know, hang your name over the door? And, you know, every time I mention that to my wife, she goes, that's it. I'll just, I'll divorce you on the spot if that would happen. <laughs> but it is, it's one of those things, as you well know, Michael, from sitting there, you go, yeah, I could definitely do that. I mean, how hard could that be? And then all of a sudden you find yourself in it and you lose all your money. Well, would it be something that would tempt you to go back at that, though? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it would. Absolutely. It would. Yeah, yeah. Just it, it, it is, as, as we've echoed here, it is the community. Yeah. Um, 
And then, you know, since since I since I left here, I've moved outside of the city, so it's I'm not as involved as as I would have been. Yeah. Um, is there a big Irish community down here, lads? Because I mean, I would obviously know everybody through the Gaelic football. Yeah. But say on St Patrick's Day, there would be a lot of people there that I wouldn't know. There, there is, uh, but I think we've we've got like it's such a small city. We it gives us a little bit of an advantage sometimes because everybody's so close. Yeah, like you can get to anywhere in Malmo, fifteen minutes on the bike, and maybe you you look at maybe Stockholm might take you like an hour to well I don't I don't know to get from one side of the city to the other depending on traffic. But but here here everybody knows knows everyone that type of way. But you you'd have a good community outside the GA club. Um and we've tried to like marry them in together like but uh uh, you're trying now Peter. You're you're getting stuff going with the Irish Swedish Society at the moment. That's the other thing because like we have this Swedish Irish Society that's been yeah. going since nineteen forty nine, I think it is. Yeah. Um, but the problem is that you know people down here call it the Stockholm Irish Society. Yes. <laughs> and you're going to say that, that that criticism is absolutely well worth because nothing yeah. happens in there. But you're in touch with them now, Peter, trying to get things going yeah. down here as well. Yeah. Yeah. How's because as you say, stop, that's that's how it's been seen. It is the uh, everything Stockholm, you know, and, and uh, or everything has been Stockholm. But that that's going to change, you know. Um, Peter's taken over. Even their. Um, was it that, last yeah. week, um, guy Damien Finnegan, he's um, in the literature department at Malmo University, he's from Dublin. Yep. Um, we had an event with the ambassador um, in, what, about six months ago, was yeah, that? First time I've yeah, seen a Swedish yeah. ambassador. And, and he come, came yeah. down and, and met us, and then from that, uh, the embassy was like, we want to have an event for St. Bridget's Day. Here in the literature department, so they invited over an author called Emily Pine, she's a professor at UCD as well. And she did some readings, and she did a lecture at his at his university, yeah. and then she came in here and did some readings. You know, and you're starting to get more events like that now. Yeah. So it does seem that there's going to be more. And is this all because Peter throws toys out of brands? Right? <laughs> uh, but even but even just the ambassador coming down and meeting us, that's yeah. what happens, you know. And there, there's more event like that's the first time that. I've seen events like that happening. Yeah. Um, I, I, he's a regular listener to this podcast. There, so he's going to be his head will be swelling on the way to work. There, so he's yeah. But in fairness to Austin Gormley, who is the ambassador, he has done great things yeah. on that sort of grassroots level. You yeah. can do all yeah. the business things you want, and you can do all the diplomatic things you want. But for the community, you kind of have to be on the ground. Does it make a difference to you, Michael, to have that contact with um, not just the Irish community here, but you have Board Bia, who are responsible for selling Irish food into Scandinavian markets? Are they knocking on your door, going, "Please"? buy our meat or do you try to stay away from them no this uh, this company is always knocking uh, knocking the doors but it's, we, we of course we want to keep the uh, the Irish menu but we uh, sometimes you cannot go 100% because we actually have uh, people from other countries too so if we want to run it seven days a week 365 days a year we also need to have uh, at least a taste of other countries than Ireland. if you excuse me guys but that's that's how it is to make business i was just thinking there's a dublin dish called coddle don't ever serve that here you want to keep your doors open you know in terms of the people that do cook in here peter is it you know how would you sort of pitch it is it 80 percent swedish people would you say in your time how long were you working here by the way i started here in 2012 and i finished 2016. So we got 17, yeah. Something like that. Is it sort of 80% yeah, Swedish people? How many Irish people would there be in a, on I would say 80% Swedish. Uh, because because you get the Irish community, but you also get the English, the Aussies. There's a big Aussie community down here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, all Europeans come in here. So you probably get 60 to 70% Swedish, maybe. And then, and then the rest foreigners. Probably, probably yeah. Something like that. Is there a lot of people now, um, you mentioned Connor on your Tinder profile, we had that lovely picture of Ronnie Whelan. Uh, I met him at the World Cup, he's still in great form, loves the golf as well, Michael. Um, do a lot of people come in here to watch Liverpool? I know the Dublin and Stockholm used to be the, 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 the HQ for all the Liverpool fans in Stockholm to go watch the games. Would you get lots of people here for them or for Celtic? You, you, you'd actually get a lot of people asking uh, which one on his profile was, was Connor. <laughs> is that your Which dad? one is you? <laughs> This, yeah. the, the Celtic Supporters Club yeah. watch the matches here. Yeah. 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 There'll be a lot of people for that then. Uh, you maybe get 10. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Last, yeah. Was, yeah. last Saturday was about 10. Old firm, you get 10. Henry yeah. Larson is in town. Yeah. 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 Sure, there's a shirt over there. It was signed. Yeah. Like, sure. oh, it's, it's it's good if he was, if he was still in it, you could bring him in here. You have plenty of people there. Like, 
for teams like Liverpool and United, they're not so organised. The best organised club in this town is Arsenal. Yeah. But we all... That's yeah, it's, it's the best. It's like, true. You know, I'm a big Arsenal fan. Watch all the matches in Drumbar and go there. The other, no other English team has a big supporters club that I know of. What is that? Is it just Liverpool fans don't like each other? I just think that um, there was two old men that supported Arsenal and went, oh, we should, we're watching these games together, let's start a supporters club together. Yeah, yeah. It just hasn't happened yet for Liverpool or United or, or West Ham. Yeah, <laughs> then, and you know, yeah. <laughs> you, you might be on your own. Aston Villa. Are you Aston? No, are you a Liverpool fan or an Aston? Oh, Aston Villa. Aston Villa. Yeah. Oh my God, is it the same as Niles Collier in a book in Stockholm? Yeah, yeah. Oh, very good. An affliction of ever that was one. Yeah. <laughs> is it worth developing that we mentioned the Malmo FF fans that maybe you know? On a local level, you know, things can go wrong, kind of thing. But is that the sort of when you organizing your business, do you look at these things going, okay, I should maybe try and get the Arsenal fans in here a little bit more? Are you happy enough not to have too many football fans crowding the place up and watching the big screens here? No, of course, we, uh, we're happy to have these uh, supporters as, uh, as long as they behave. Uh, because the, uh, you, you, <laughs> you need to know that uh, when there is a big game, uh, you also have uh, a lot of police forces outside. And uh, many times, many games, they wanted to uh, switch the glass from glass to plastic. Uh, they want to have a certain amount of guards, everything. So kind of pushes away the other people too. So you need to look uh, on uh, both the sides of the coin, actually. So like like uh, the Champions League final. Do you remember when we were over in Copenhagen? Uh, yeah. when, I think it was Inter Milan were playing somebody. They won the Champions League anyway. Oh, but it was the same thing. Like no. everybody, was, everywhere uh, in Copenhagen, every Irish bar was just full of people. Yeah. But sometimes you think that it's like New Year's Eve, which is like amateurs' night. Every fool who hasn't had a drink for the entire year comes out and wrecks the place. You know? Would you just prefer a nice, quiet Tuesday, Wednesday, sell a hundred fish and chips and a bunch of pints and then go home? Would you? No, I I would be really happy if uh, we could have all the games, but. Uh, since I'm running the pub, I also know that tomorrow uh, we're going to have the government calling me and, uh, and asking how we're going to plan it for the next time. Because they, they always see the problems and uh, it's, uh, it's up to me to solve them. So, of course, sometimes it's easier for me to say no to the supporters, actually. There are a few weird things around the licensing laws, aren't you? So you're not supposed to serve somebody who's drunk in a pub in Sweden. How does that work out, Peter? It's the most ridiculous thing I heard when I moved to this country. <laughs> How did you sort of square that with uh, being back yeah, in the like, you, you move here and you, you hear that law. And then you, you, you're serving someone. And you know what, they've had four or five. And some people can only handle four or five. And, and you see them start to swim. I cut them off, you know. It's, <laughs> Poor fellas he's, he's, going. In Ireland, he's not, he's not drunk, you know. But... Uh, <laughs> Like, I understand it. I mean, they just—they don't want people getting slaughtered. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's not—it's not a rule anybody really pays attention to. Sort of. Is it drunk person? Well, it depends on if you're in Sweden or in Ireland. So you know, in Sweden. Well, then it—they're as drunk as I decide they can get. <laughs> That's, I don't know if we're comfortable with you having that much power over people. And you know? um, looking to the future, lads, right? We have yourself, Michael, with a bunch of restaurants down here. You're going to be here for the long haul, or at least I hope you're going to be for the long haul uh, after the celebrations now. But what's the future of the Irish community and Fagan's Pub, the place in that? Can you see, you can't see anybody else coming along, Peter, and maybe usurping this place as being the pub of choice? No? Well, well I, I, I hope Michael's along for a long haul because, yeah, he's, he's done a good job here. You know, you're getting compliments from Peter now. That, that, that doesn't happen. <laughs> Connor was in there just shaking his head vigorously. There, <laughs> no, but I, I don't think you can replace uh, what, what they've built over 25 years. Like, you, you, you don't just open a place and, and suddenly take that custom. Yeah. Like, there's relationships built here through will, um, through, through their, their, their support of the community. So, it's Three man singing seven But even with these big data centers and stuff now that they're building around here, yeah. those lads all come here. Yeah. Like the rugby game there at the weekend, it was absolutely packed in was here. It, yeah. And normally when it's like that, you go, I know ninety percent of the people here. Yeah. But I well, would have known thirty percent of the people here, forty. It was like who's this, who's that? And yeah. didn't know any of them. So even these people who are coming here know 
This is the pub, this is, this the, is the Irish pub. Yeah. Can we involve them in some way, even though they're only going to be here for a year or two? I know over in Odense in Denmark, they did a great Gaelic football team yeah. for a few years because they had all these brilliant yeah. players coming in. Then they sought it off, thankfully, because we can't get beaten <laughs> by them. But they move around now. They've yeah. been up in Lulio, there's yeah. sites in Diavla and yeah. Cheleftio and these kinds of places. Yeah. Can we involve them? Did you get any of those lads playing with you, Connor? Uh, We've, we, we've gotten quite a few down to training at times and quite a few to social events. But um, so some of the rules around the GA are a bit like too bureaucratic, yeah. like with players being registered with certain clubs. They transfers. And yeah, kind of stuff, and yeah. then the I understand that they're, they're here for six months. They want to go home and play football back home. And if they play like a, a friendly tournament against Gothenburg and Copenhagen, they could be stopped from playing with their own club back home. And it's, yeah. I think it's a bit too harsh that they should have more exceptions for stuff like that so it, it happens that they come down they get involved but they don't play in tournaments and then some people don't come back because they don't play in tournaments yeah. some people come back because ju they just like the atmosphere they like the people but yeah it's also they have a different mindset when they're only going to be here for six months a year yeah. um, they maybe have different responsibilities or they, they don't commit um, and it's a very fine balance, Connor. Yeah. Like, we've seen what's happened with the Aussie uh, community here. They play in the Danish League. Yes, yeah. And they got rid of the rule that... They had this rule that, um, was it, deregistered players or something yeah. like that, where if you were an Aussie and you hadn't been here for three years, you need you can only have four Aussies on the... Yeah. They were, like, home nation players. You can only have four home nation players. And then one of the Copenhagen teams and the Barracudas have been on to the tournament committee for years and years and years saying, no, we want to have as many home nation players as we want. Yeah, yeah. And finally, like last year or the year before, they got their way. And you just see all the clubs are just now, like, instead of playing 16 aside like they were maybe 10 years ago, now they're playing 9 aside. You know, it just kills the sport a bit. And that's where that balance has to be met between... I agree with Connor's too much bureaucracy there. Like, if yeah. players are coming to play, you should let them play. But at the same time, you need to grow the sport as well. And it's finding that if lads are coming from senior football, like who, 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 who was? I, who was, there, was <laughs> there was always that balance yeah. we yeah. had between really good footballers sort of flying in yeah. and playing yeah. and then go back again. Yeah. But at the same time, I think we've missed a trick. I've been talking all winter with people about trying yeah. to get handball players involved. Yeah, I was yeah. talking to Chris O'Reilly yeah. a while ago. Because Olympic handball, maybe, Michael, you would have played. You know, There's a little bit of physical contact and that kind of thing. And it's, all, it's not too far removed from Gaelic football. And with the biceps this lad has, like, <laughs> stick him in a cornerback yeah. and see what he yeah. can do. Uh, those lads that are over here now for sort of six months, a year at a time, yeah. are any of them sort of falling into the trap that some of us fell into? Uh, meeting a girl or meeting a partner there's, there's a few um, he's been he came over here for was it just a year or two like maybe like four years ago now, so. yeah. and he's, he's he's eventually just accepted it and started coming down to training now didn't meet a Swede man an English girl yeah. who, worked in, who worked in here yeah but there's there's a few others like Jonathan uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah played, played yeah. soccer with him very good soccer player he hasn't come down to GA training but again only over here for a couple of months and met a girl yeah. so there's yeah there, there, there's quite a few like that Covid has obviously affected yeah. these things, yeah, of course, yeah. so, but yeah. we'll see now that there's a big site now out um, Staffordshire. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. yeah, we'll see how that goes. How are we going to go about celebrating 25 years of <laughs> Fagans being in business? And is it eight years now that you've owned the pub, Michael? Eight years, yeah. That's going to be good fun. What's the party? What's the plan for the party now? I believe there's a whole weekend of music planned. Is there? Uh, for the anniversary, yeah, we uh, actually had a meeting uh, yesterday with the house owner. So we're gonna do a backyard thing with tent and live music. We gotta have live music uh, in here. It's gonna be open uh, almost like 48 hours in a row. It's gonna be uh, really cool. Is that legally possible in Sweden to do something like that, or will somebody end up suing you because they can't sleep upstairs? Tight side. Uh, it's called permits. <laughs> I think he knows every rule under the sun in this land, doesn't he? No, uh, we, uh, this country is really into permits, but if you get to know the permits, uh, uh, you can actually do pretty much. They need to do it uh, before. The government needs to know before you do it. Does it cost a fortune to get all these permissions and licenses and everything else that you need? No, not at all. Maybe uh, 
maybe 50 euro, 70 euro. So uh, uh, it's not actually the money. You just need to know uh, what you're going to do. You need to, uh, you need to have a plan. You need to have a drawing, and you send everything to the government, and uh, you get the permit. So it's uh, it's actually good, but you you need to you need to have the permit. Uh, what dates is that on? Is it uh, starting on the 2nd of March or the 3rd of March? Can you remember? The 3rd, 4th and 5th of March. Will's off microphone here. Like, where he's feeding me lines in my ear here like a good TV producer would. So there's going to be live music here. What else is there going to be? Is there going to be food going on? What, what else are we going to have here? Yeah, we're going to have a, a, a guy outside that's going to have this uh, fish and chips uh, store by himself. We're going to have a diddly guy uh, on the outside. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna rent uh, a bar from Guinness, uh, so we're gonna have a bar outside too. And then we're gonna have, uh, of course, uh, many bands and stuff happening inside the restaurant too. I've been in touch with Brian O'Connor and with Ian Maloney and, and Lockie and everybody pretty much says that they're going to be coming down here. Peter, will we be expecting to see you here making a guest appearance behind the bar or anything no, like no that? No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> as much as possible. You've had enough to drink. See what I can sneak in. <laughs> <laughs> we need to ask his wife. <laughs> I think we all need to ask his wife to come out to play that, that evening. You know? um, well, I'm assuming you three gents will be down here uh, for the 48 hours that the pub is open. Well, I, I can't come down on the Sunday because I've actually got a new job starting on the 1st of March. And they've got a week's training that's on the 6th. So I was like, Will handed me a ticket. I know, I know. Will handed me a ticket for the for the 5th. And I'm like, oh, that's that Sunday before I have that training. I definitely can't show up. Because you can't show up and drink a Coke if it's going to be like what you heard. So, and everybody tell us, like, oh, just get the training moved. They've already moved it once. They wanted me to start this job in February. I was like, I can't. So you only come down for 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, well... Maybe 36. <laughs> I'll bring a sleeping bag. <laughs> the last 12 hours off. Connor, will you have permission to come out here? Uh, what, one night anyway. Uh, only the one. Only the one. It takes me the full weekend to recover from it these days. So. It really is. That's why yeah. I stopped drinking. It takes so long. Believe it or not, I've booked the Monday off work. <laughs> it's pretty sad, but okay, I have. Uh, we had uh, another weekend also uh, uh, going to show up very soon. Two weeks after yeah. this anniversary. That's your game, your game. That's St. Patrick's Day, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. That's, uh, that's a Thursday, Friday and Saturday. So that's going to be cool. So you'll have the Pope's anniversary, and then two weeks later, that's the warm-up for St. Patrick's Day, and you're going to do the same thing all over again. More permits, more live music, that kind of thing. Well, actually, uh, it would be best for us to, to move one of these days. And I assume <laughs> that I cannot move St. Patrick's Day. And, uh, it's heavy to move the anniversary, too. So uh, it has to be two weeks in between. It's terrible. I had to make all that money two weeks ago. Oh, um, gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure hearing the, the stories behind Vegans and uh, not only about the past, but about all the things you plan to do in the future as well. And uh, anybody who is listening to this podcast, get down there, tell them I sent you. You're not going to get a discount off Michael the way he's looking at me here, but he will certainly make you more than welcome. But for now, lads, thanks very much indeed for talking to me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. just putting on that little intro there lads uh, where everybody knows your name of course uh, the older generation among us will recognise that as being the theme tune to the TV show Cheers which is about a bar in Boston and uh, thinking of how joyous it was and the bartender knows your name and then I was thinking of Peter Miller and his reputation as the not the angriest bartender but certainly one of the more surly characters down there and the funny thing about Peter is that he's actually the nicest fella in the world it's just unbelievable when you get through that like you know but so many people have gone into Vegas and went this fella's terrible rude and it's not and I think part of it is performance now part of it is I wouldn't mess with the fellow and it had a few points if I were you either right but just magnificent guy magnificent bar and again it's that sort of importance of community of being able to go into a place and to sit down and you know to see somebody else sitting there having a drink at the bar to see somebody like Peter behind the bar or, or Michael or, or uh, Connor there and just to be able to sit down and have a chat uh, about things you know I mean we live far away all we have is each other really and sharing these things this love of the GAA that we talked about and all the great musicians one of whom we're going to hear from shortly uh, before we end this episode 
just to be able to go there and to do those things there's a great value in that for people and I especially think about um, the Irish community who live out in sort of smaller towns you know out beyond Eskilstuna and like all these kinds of places who maybe don't see other Irish people all that often you know that's the whole reason for this podcast is to give us all something to gather around during the weekend so that no matter where you live in this very long and occasionally very dark and cold country that uh, you feel part of that so if you are down around Fagans down around Malmo down around Ödersund if you're over in Copenhagen and you're listening to this nip across the bridge right the weekend of the 3rd of March this will all be going down Sport love it in Stockholm so uh, if you're not into the, the skiing if you're not heading north for the skiing you can head down south for the few points and it's going to be an amazing celebration altogether and then two weeks later uh, is going to be St. Patrick's Day and they're going to be doing loads of stuff down there. Now, I'm I'm not sure. I can't remember if they have a parade down there or not or if they just go straight to the pub. But uh, there will be huge celebrations there and that'll be a whole weekend as well. I think they're actually starting on the Thursday down there, which is the 16th. And then they'll be doing the 17th, obviously the Friday, the 18th, and then uh, the 19th and the Sunday. I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be a few... Um, a few curers had those days after a month or at least a good two weeks good fortnight of celebrations both of the 25th anniversary of Fagan's pub and indeed uh, of St. Patrick's Day there as well that is all I have time for you this or that's all I have time for you I always have time for you I do, look at do we all know that hit me up on social media before I go uh, keep an eye out on social media now because I'm going to be popping up a little bit more video for a couple of video clips and that kind of thing when we do these interviews if I have them but also what I'm going to probably do as I mentioned recently is I'm going to start consolidating the social media thing you know just like everybody knows that it's me is behind uh, the Irish and Sweden podcast everybody knows that's me is behind the Global Gale podcast so rather than having like you know three Instagram accounts and 14 Facebook pages and 26 different LinkedIn profiles I'm just going to try to get it down to one now it's probably no more effort to create the posts and pop them out there, but it's certainly uh, much easier for me to keep everything in the one place. So if you do decide to get in touch with me, because as I say, I always have time for you, uh, it'll all go to the one place. So either go to Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram or Twitter and we leave it at that because... Uh, streamlining these things will just make it easier because sometimes especially when you're booking guests and that kind of thing people who come on the podcast you go Jesus did, was that a text message now or was that a WhatsApp I think I emailed that fella and there's just too many ways of getting in touch you know but whatever way you choose to get in touch I'd be more than happy to hear from you especially around what you plan to do to celebrate St. Patrick's Day or indeed anything else you have to bring up because um, year and a half maybe into this podcast and we still keep I don't think we've repeated ourselves yet lads apart from Sophie Murphy jumping on every second podcast to talk about the Swedish Irish Society and she is always welcome to do so because there's always things going on there um you know it's very seldom have we gone back to the well and sort of you know interviewed the same guest twice you know so um it just goes to show how many things are going on in the irish community and there's still plenty more of them they're queued up lads with the interviews even next week's interview i think is recorded already if i remember rightly listen i shall go about my business there will be a global gale uh, on the next saturday morning at 10 o'clock as there always is and then it'll be an irish in sweden at seven o'clock in the morning and i'll do me level best not to make an absolute mess of exporting the file Right, I'm out of here, but I'm going to go swinging out the door with a tune from Lockie, who is going to be playing, hopefully, down at the 25th anniversary celebrations for Fagans. And no doubt he will turn up on a stage near you for the celebrations of St. Patrick's Day, right? This is from his album called So Long Gone, which came out a couple of years ago. Magnificent. One of my favourite things to be listened to in the car. Loads of great original songs from Lockie himself and a brilliant version of the Lakes of Puncher Train, the old Paul Brady uh, folk song. Majestic stuff altogether. You will find it on iTunes, you will find it on Spotify, and this is called Don't Leave Now. Take care of yourselves, take care of one another, and I'll talk to you again very soon. Light shine down on a busy town, skyline tops shadow the ground, people walking with the head tailed high, rushing with the lights, so oh my oh my. Be mind not the thing, just talking to yourself, wondering where you're going to confuse instead. My oh my, it's a funny old world, information passing through every time word. Separated.